What's up, everybody? Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. It happened, guys. They made it. They made the sequel to Independence Day 20 years later. The movie we grew up watching every single 4th of July finally has a sequel. We, we got to see it in theaters. We can't wait to break it down for you guys. This is Action Movie Anatomy. Stick around. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Ha ha! Ha ha! Oh, man. Yeah, you did the ha ha. I did it early. Yeah, it was good. I was good. off. Um, for those of you wondering what's happening, um, for those of you wondering what's happening, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We just opened the show with. Uh, with getting jiggy with it, with getting the best jiggy. part of Independence Day Resurgence, with it, uh, it's uh, this is the hit song from the Will Smith record of the same name, Big Willie style. Oh no, oh, no, 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 you're right, it was Big Willie style. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. had a slip up. I mean, this was between this and uh, Welcome <laughs> to Miami, Welcome to Miami, <laughs> Miami, <laughs> hundred thousand dollar cars, everybody got them. Um, and uh, there was one other song off this uh, record, I think. I think there was, there was, was, yeah, there was one more. There was there Getting was, Jiggy with oh, it, oh, Miami. I, how could we forget? It wasn't Wild Wild West, no, it was, was it? just the two of us. Oh, it was. Yeah. That was good. That Women is as, a very sensitive subject. A very <laughs> I used to love that song. Of course, dude. We all did. I had the CD. Of I, course. We all yeah. did. There was a thing called CDs back in the day, guys. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, that was a tangent. This is Action Movie Anatomy on Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, and this is Andrew Guy. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Happy to be here on a another 100-degree Wednesday in Northern California, or Northern Hollywood in Southern California. Northern Hollywood in Southern Northern California. California. Um, um, yeah, I saw this movie on Monday night. How was that night? Uh, I did not drink enough <laughs> yeah. to, to, to enjoy it as much as I think I could have. Unfortunately, had I drank enough to enjoy this movie, I would be sitting here hammered because I saw it three hours ago. Yes, yes you did. Uh, we did all of our research prep and, uh, and all of that, and then I saw the film. I feel like we're trying really hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so guys, you probably see it on the screen, but we're covering Independence Day Resurgence today. And uh, this is the sequel to the classic film that came out when we were kids that we both saw in theaters. I had the toys. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll be right back. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna shut it. You just keep okay. talking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. Excellent. He's shutting the door on the idea of this movie being any good. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, no. So uh, what's what? Uh, you know what happened was that they made a movie 20 years later that was a sequel to a movie that is considered by most to be a classic, and we'll touch on that first movie in just a second. Um, Weirdly enough, they didn't put Will Smith in the movie. There are reasons. Uh, there are different theories. There are things on record that prove one way or another what happened. And it's crazy because when he, when I originally heard that he was not going to be in the film, I was pretty happy about it. I'll be honest because I don't know if you guys remember, we covered the show about a year ago. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm did. sorry. We covered the original Independence Day movie on this show. Yeah, Autumn Chicklis, our good friend, was on. She she did the review with us. That episode is available audio and video. You can go find it. Yeah, and. Uh, you and I were both sadly let down by watching that movie again. It, it, we, we did not remember it being as good as it was when we were kids. Yes. So to, I'm going to touch on that really quickly, and then we're going to get into the full uh, the full episode and kind of all of our thoughts. So uh, first and foremost, uh, we cover action movies on this show. Uh, those action movies usually adhere to four basic rules, aside from being made after 1981, which is kind of a loose rule. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Um, I guess, sort of, I don't even really know who the hero is in this movie. It's a trifecta of heroes. No, it's, it's a, like a quintuplets or something. It's a pentagon. There's <laughs> <laughs> like five people. Yeah, there are. And they, I guess they all play their own rules, sort of. They're trying really hard to show us that they all do. Um, and... Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, technically, they all do play by their own rules. If we're going to go with all five of them, which we, you kind of have to, they do all play by their own rules. They all think they're the smartest people in the room, which, incidentally, is the second rule. The hero and the villain are always the smartest people or things, beings, aliens, whatever. In the room, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the queen, hive, alien, she's definitely the smartest. Um, she tricks them. She, she, she baits them. She baits um, them. We're going to lure it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. Yep. Is rule three, uh, yeah, they're military. Rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Roland Emmerich is great at explosions. Okay, that is one thing that this man can definitely do. He explodes the shit out of things. It, yeah. Yeah. He exploded. Super sweet. He exploded our expectations. 
Um, so uh, those are the rules. Uh, we are the two hosts and creators of this show, along with Stephen Lemieux, the executive producer of the Popcorn Talk Network. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. You can find the show on Twitter at AMA Podcast. If you guys interact with us, it's always a lot of fun. If you have a differing opinion, Mr. Andrew Guy, where can the folks find you? You guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter. And, uh, and, 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 of course, I wanted to point out lastly that we did do that original film, Independence Day. So you're going to hear us say a few times throughout this episode that mm-hmm. we don't think Independence Day 1 is the greatest movie. And it's a controversial opinion that we didn't used to have. Um, when we first did that movie on the show, we considered that movie to be in the same echelon as, like, The Rock and Conair, yeah. Speed, Point Break. Like, there was a list of movies that we came up with when we started this show that were the movies that we knew we were eventually going to do. And mm-hmm. Independence Day... Everybody remembers the speech. That's how this movie opens. The speech is incredible. Everybody remembers yeah. these great Will Smith lines, Welcome to Earth, and all these things that we saw as kids, like uh, the, the alien head opening and freaking everybody out. I mean, there was just so yeah. many things about that movie that as kids seemed iconic. And, and sadly, when we went back to watch that movie again, it lacked a lot of the punch. A lot of the things that we thought were great as kids had really aged poorly. Yeah. Um, except the speech, which is incredible. Which is still very, very good. And, and, it, and I find it hard to think... Because I was sitting there, and I was like, if I was 8 or 10 or 14 watching this movie right now, yeah. did you have the same thought while watching totally. it today? 100%. You're like, I bet a lot of this would be sweet. But at the same time, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum were sweet in a different way when we were kids watching this movie. The, the lead character in this, mo- in this movie, all five of them, yeah. there's they don't have that. They don't have the movie star charisma that Will Smith had in the 90s. Now, that <laughs> the fact that it aged poorly over yeah. the last 20 years doesn't take away from the fact that it was awesome at the time. At the time, yes. So what I will say is I did not like this movie. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about this movie at length, and there are things, of course, to talk about in any movie, whether or not you like it or dislike it, that are fun to talk about. If you really, really, really enjoyed this movie, if you thought this movie was awesome, and on top of that, you think the first Independence Day is awesome, mm-hmm. we respect your opinion. We were on board with your opinion of the first Independence Day for a long time. Absolutely. And zero fault of yours for feeling that way. This might not be the greatest first episode of this show for you to watch if you feel that way. We've done 60 episodes. We have a catalog with 6 million or so hits on YouTube if you want to go find other episodes. There's even a best of year one episode you can find that will direct you to the funniest and most entertaining episodes. I think this episode will be entertaining, but I just want to give the precursor because every episode of the show has to be treated like radio. It has to be the first time you find it. If you're finding us for the first time, we're not negative people. This movie just We're happened. honest people, okay? And sometimes honesty sucks. Sometimes it fucking sucks, just like this movie did. This movie was just kind of a letdown. So that's where we're at. Uh, let's get into it. Um, we want to cue the trailer, and then we'll get into our games. Let's do it. The trailer was sweet. Oh, of course. I was excited. Yeah, me too. I like that that's just like become an alien sound. Yeah, that, like, totally. Reverberating. Uh-huh. Nothing about not like nothing about the movie was this dramatic. No, not at all. Right? Oh my god! Spoiler warning, guys. We're gonna give away some of the moments in this movie. <laughs> like this is so engaging. Yeah. Ready for this? I'm getting tricked into wanting to watch it right now. Strengthen our planet. Yep. Nothing can prepare us for the third movie that's coming. Ugh. <laughs> I see them in my dreams. <laughs> They're coming back. They're coming back. <laughs> They're coming back. <laughs> the fact that they redid that scene with Bill Pullman was just so lame. It was so awesome, the original one. It was scary. The new speech you're talking about, or which? The, the... Oh, in the booth? The translating the alien using him to talk? Yet another thing that made no sense. No. They're just... They get so much mileage out of that original speech. Uh Uh-huh. William Finchner becomes the president? What the hell? Yeah, that that was just like... Cool. I want to go watch that movie. Yeah, that movie looks sweet. That movie really. is not what we saw this week. No. It is definitely bigger than the last one. 
I will say the sheer magnitude of, of the, the alien ship and yeah. everything was super cool. Yeah, and and you know Zach Wilson, who's our who's our buddy, uh, who is uh, who does Sci-Fi Weekly. It's a brand new show. Brand new show. Uh, just launched, and it's on what one o'clock? It's today. Yeah, today at one o'clock. It just happened. Yeah. Um, I think was it their first was it their first episode or has he been doing it? It was their second show. Their second show, okay, excellent. So uh, he had a different opinion on this movie. He Mm -hmm. said he said he went in with very low expectations, but from a world building standpoint, from a sci fi standpoint, uh, this movie was awesome in some ways. Like that, as you said, the sheer magnitude of the spaceship and sort of like what they did to build Earth and the way that Earth existed now and all those things, the stuff on the moon. And to that end, I mean, I guess I'm not looking at it that way so i could see that that would be really awesome if that's what you went into it looking for right well the thing is is that those those things being accurate is is so different than the rest of the movie like just because the world that they build is cool and the sheer magnitude of the alien ship is cool the fact that nothing else in this movie has any stakes or is grounded in any sort of like real personal relationships yeah it really takes away from how cool the world is agreed and and i will say um when a movie costs $200 million to make yep. um, in this day and age, I, I think you have to expect those things. Because if those things yes. aren't accurate, you're, they're, they're missing the mark on a whole level that's not even artistic. They're missing the mark on a level that's just the base understanding of what a blockbuster has to be. Right. Like, you won't be taken seriously as a movie if you spend money like that and promote like this movie promotes and then don't hit those things out of the park. Yeah, because you have that much money and we have the talk technology that we do have to make bad explosions in alien spaceships in a $200 million movie is an embarrassment. Now, that being said, the best part of your movie should never be something that the computer does. No, never. It should be what your actors and your director do. So we're going to get into thesis statement, which is a thing we do on the show. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we have uh, we have this thing we asked for last week. And it's... Uh, we, oh, we do? Yeah, it's really cool. So uh, what we said to you guys last week, and we're going to say it again this week... Uh, we are on Twitter, and we listen, and we read everything. So one of our followers, Stephen Scott, at Steve, S-T-E-V underscore E-N-1, suggested the name game. So essentially just saying, simply, why don't you guys do a segment where you, can you come up with a better name for the movie? Yeah, um, where we rename it, essentially. Yeah, a really quick game. Uh, we're always kind of introducing new games. Some of the old ones we've done on the show for a long time have gotten a little stale, so we wanted to start introducing new ones. Uh, we're going to tease that game for next week, this being a sequel and Independence Day semicolon something um like it, we just feel like there's gonna be a better there's a better week to premiere that game um it's a better movie to premiere that game on <laughs> yeah because we thought about it and i looked and there was a lot of pr- prospective titles for this movie that they they were going to use and mm-hmm. i was like you know what there's like eight or nine that are listed here and what am i really going to think of that's not requiem or annihilation or reborn Stray. yeah re- <laughs> rebirth or something yeah. you know that's like and so there's a better time to do it but steven scott thank you so much for suggesting it i think we're going to try to do it for next week's show yeah and um, it's not that any of the other ideas that are out there weren't good because there's a lot of great ideas and we want to hear more of them it was just that we saw this real quick and we're like you know what that's exactly the type of thing that's just quick and fun and Everyone can participate. It's fun. It's easy. It's repeatable. Exactly. It's yeah. like it's like a shorter version of tagline in a lot of ways. So yeah. uh, if anybody else wants to suggest things to add to this show, that is the kind of thing that we like to look for. So uh, let's get into one of our games we've played since the beginning. And this is Thesis Statement. Yep. So this is that, that part of the show where you you share a thought or an opinion about the film that is kind of rooted in hyperbole. It should be very bold. Something big. This is the best this, the worst this, the first this, the only this. Um, we try to stay away from loose stuff. This is my favorite Liam Hemsworth movie or <laughs> something like that. Um, this is the best Jeff Goldblum's hair has looked. <laughs> yeah. Um, though the best is still valid. So you could use that's that one. True. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, would you like to start with your thesis statement? <sighs> yeah. Okay. And again, I want to reiterate, guys, we love this show and we love talking <laughs> about movies. Um, this one just wasn't our favorite. So I think this is... <sighs> I want to say this is the worst display of, of movie making I've seen. Ever? But I don't think that's fair. I think that's a little. It's a little. It's a little intense. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is that out of all their stupid relationships that they tried to force into this movie, the biggest miss that this movie had was that Liam Hemsworth was not Randy Quaid's kid. Do oh. you know how sweet that would have been if he was just a little crazier? Yeah. And a little more wild. Right. More of a wild card, and then they tied it in the end that he was Randy Quaid's kid because he had three of them. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, and one of them was Andrew Keegan, right? Yeah, and one of them was. Uh, I can never remember that girl's name, but she's 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 ended up being around for a yeah, while. Yep, yep. And then there was the youngest the one, youngest right? The youngest one who would have been the same age. Who could have been him? Yeah. How cool would that have been? Yeah. So the biggest miss of this entire movie, let's put everything else aside, is that Liam Hemsworth was not Randy Quaid's kid. Come on. Yeah. Because everyone else's kid's in the movie. 
Yeah. Pullman's it's, is. It's you know, true. Will Smith's is. Is Gold, Does Goldblum have a... What, who's his kid? He doesn't ever have kids. He doesn't have a kid. Because that's when his dad says the line about grandkids if right. you're lucky enough to have them. Right. Of David. course. Yeah. David. Uh, my David. Of course. My David. <laughs> I'm so happy I was asked to reprise my role in this film. Get on the bus. <laughs> I'm going to take you somewhere. <laughs> That guy. It's just great. Just um, real great. Uh, yeah, so that's mine. <laughs> that's, that's a really good thesis statement. Right? Mine's more, I think mine's a little more broad, but this is what I started thinking about, all right? So, uh, blockbusters cost a lot of money nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yet, $200 million is still a shitload of money. It's a lot of money. Yes. Um, at, a, at a cost versus reward scale, this is the worst sequel ever made. This is the worst sequel ever made when you consider the money spent on it. Um, yeah. So I, I, when we, we are going to get into a, a sequel discussion in just a minute, uh, which is another thing we wanted to add to this episode. But from the standpoint of how successful and well-regarded the first movie was 20 years ago, yeah. to spend $200 million on a sequel 20 years later, this is the worst sequel ever made for $200 million or more. And there's so many reasons why. Yeah. Like, why isn't Will Smith in it if Jeff Goldblum's going to be in it? Why isn't it released on July 4th right. if it's a July 4th? It's called Independence Day, for God's sakes. And, and, and I checked. There's no movies coming out on the 4th of July. It's a Monday. Yep. But there's movies coming out on a Wednesday and a Thursday and the Friday before and after. Like, normal, you can make a movie come out when you want it to come out. Release it on Independence Day. Yeah. Do it. Sure. More people will go see a movie called Independence Day on Independence Day, and Will Smith isn't in it. And then the, the best part of the movie is the CG, and all the characters fall flat. So, yeah. Well, it didn't open... It, like, if 4th of July is a Monday, that's a holiday Monday. Yeah. That weekend is 4th of July weekend. Did you go to any 4th of July parties this last weekend? Uh, that, no. Right. Actually, I did not. You're going to go to one next weekend? Uh, no, but I might go to a movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what people will be celebrating the 4th of July next weekend. That's yeah. what they're going to be doing. Exactly. Why didn't the movie come out that weekend? It's crazy. Yeah. It's it, nuts. It's, it's nuts to me. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I, I'm going to have to agree, man, because, again, you're not making a sequel to the godfather no you're not making a sequel to like a new batman franchise you're making a sequel to a fun popcorn throwaway movie that you directed 20 years ago there's a great quote uh actress Cella ward who plays president elizabeth lanford says uh this is a delicious popcorn movie you cannot watch on your laptop or your telephone i love that because that's essentially her saying like I don't dignify this as a real film. Right. This is something that you have to pay money to see in theaters because all it is is a bunch of crappy effects. Yep. That's basically, like, when, when one of your actors says that, that's like, that's like politics speak for, like, I don't take this project at all seriously. I basically... Dude, I would watch Boogie Nights on a razor. Yeah. <laughs> on a flip phone razor, if I could, I would you watch that da- whole movie on You just on dated there. yourself hard. I really did. No one even knew what that was. <laughs> razor telephones were these old flip phones from like 10 years ago. I would watch it on that screen. 15 years ago or something. Because the acting is actually good. It was pixelated. So the, that was so bad. Yeah. Those things were sweet. Um, I interviewed Christina Ochoa yesterday, who's on Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, she is she, gorgeous, by the way. She's a very attractive woman. Yes. Um, she also was on Matador with our friend Johnny Cruz. Okay. Which was led by Alfred Molina. Yeah. She was telling me about Molina a little bit. Um, those were some of the questions I wanted to ask. Uh, Is he awesome? She said he's just the coolest. Oh, he seems like the fucking coolest. She said he was like just. She said he would he would come on set and just kind of be like the elder statesman, so to speak. Um, and his big motto would always be like, "As actors, we cannot complain. You cannot complain." And he would say because because if you think you've worked 15 hours and you're cold and your feet hurt and you have a headache, guaranteed, if you say that out loud, there's a guy next to you who's worked 25 hours, who's colder than you, yeah. who's worked longer and who's getting paid a fraction of what you're getting I was going to say getting paid way less than you. So you shut your mouth, you come to work, you do your job. Yeah. Um, which I think is a good attitude and, and a good, it's a cool, it's, he's such a good guy to have that attitude. Right? Of course. Yeah, because it's like Molina is like a classic character actor, but he's never he's, been a star. Right, and he's so respected by everyone in the community. Yeah, I mean, he is a star. He's Doc Ock. But yeah, like, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so those guys, those were our two thesis statements. And if you have a different thesis statement, a differing thesis statement, let us know. Put it in the live chat. I've got it open here. Put it on our uh, our Twitter at, at AMA Podcast. Let's get into a game that's usually probably the best part of the show. <laughs> but, Bateman, you were having a hard time coming up with your fist pump moment. So uh, we, a lot of the games we play with this with this show uh, <laughs> are about how much we love the movies. Yeah, right. And, and uh, I kept... It's okay. Admittedly, it's very hard to walk out of a movie. And Independence Day flatline. Is that somebody say that? <laughs> so it's, really, it's a good one. It's I like one. that because um, everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, uh, it's 
it's hard to walk out of one of these movies and and be able to do all these games right away because you need usually a minute to process it. Yeah, I, I find that like when I watch a movie like in theaters that we're doing on the show, sometimes it's difficult to to catch a fist bump moment. It or, is really hard. Um, also, watching movies for the first time, it's another reason. It's another thing. Like it's much easier for me to watch The Rock or even like a movie like say like Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to watch that because I've seen it three or four times. Yeah, because it's almost like the fist pump moment is. Because, I mean, we'll break this down for you guys what it is in just a second. But f- when you're watching a movie you've seen before, you're kind of like, you're looking yes, forward to like, it. This is why I love this movie. Yeah, totally. You know? um, so, yeah, Fist Pump Moment, guys, is that moment when you're watching a movie and, and something kind of happens and you you just almost have like a pause where you, you're just kind of like, yes. You like look around. You're like, is anyone yeah, else yeah. seeing this? This is so sweet. You get like that jolt in your stomach. Like, oh, it makes God. you feel It makes you feel awesome. Like, you're like, yeah. this, is, this is so sweet. I'm so excited to watch this movie. Um yeah, what I what I will say is is this. This, this is not, it's not, not a way I've described fist bump moment on here. I think many times, but like, if you've ever had a drink of alcohol, if, if anybody watching this show, and I apologize to you if you're under twenty one, I do not condone you drinking if you're under twenty one. But don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. It's a bad decision. <laughs> but if you've had right at two drinks, right after right. like that second glass of wine, that second beer, whatever it is, there's this like there's this like exciting like like warmth in your stomach yeah. that essentially feels like. I'm so excited to go home and watch this movie I've been thinking about. Or I'm so excited to order this pizza right now. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Oh, let's go play video games. Whatever the thing is, is super exciting for right at that one moment. It's like this moment of clarity. Yeah. And I will say, Fist Pump Moment is essentially that moment in the movie. It's something that happens and you're like, I'm so pumped to get to watch the rest of this right now. Yeah. You um, gotta like pause it and check. Be like, yes, 120 minutes left? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, so that's Fist Pump Moment. This movie didn't have any. Um, it it <laughs> sucks. It, it really... it. So for me, it actually had two. Yeah. And, and that's because... It, you had to look for it. Yeah, you had to. You had. There, there, to, you have to try to find moments to enjoy yourself. Of course. Yeah, there is. So, <clears throat> I have two. I'm gonna start with my first one because it's so broad, and it's when the ship is landing on Earth and everything is getting picked up. Yeah, it was and crazy. That cars trying to see like plane. It yeah, was, it was one of those things where you're watching it and you kind of get that feeling inside. It's almost like when you feel an earthquake that's like a little stronger than you'd like. Right. And you get that unsettling feeling of like, oh my God, if this happened, I would be so helpless. Yeah. I could do nothing. It doesn't matter how much I work out or how smart I am or anything. Yeah. I am so dead in this moment. And you see all of it coming up with the planes and the trains and the cars and it drops. Right. What comes up must come down. I, I like, I was like, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like, this is the only reason you still get to make movies, Roland Emmerich, is because yeah. of that moment right there. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, it all comes down to the bottom line, and his movies make money, so yeah. he just gets to keep making them. Thank God for that. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Um, <laughs> what movie is that from? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. Sounds like it needs to be Alec Baldwin in the edge, but it's not. I, you've, seen, I, you've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, is it Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man? When he, Peter Parker, thank, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Is that right? Is that I don't know. He's guys, guys, where is it from? Help, <laughs> help out, audience. Uh, anyway, so uh, I think I was trying to decide what my fist bump moment was. I think it had to be something to do with Goldblum. Yeah. Um, that was what I figured because, like, I at least enjoyed Goldblum on the screen a bit more than some of the other moments. Um, I mean, he was the best part of the movie. I guess, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, I liked when you just, like... Uh, okay, when, when, when... This movie was so fucking bad. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. It was like every time I was in the gym today and you would text... Or I would get a text, I was like, I bet that's bad. And I yeah. bet he's complaining about the movie. I was texting all throughout the movie. Yeah. I felt terrible. That's how bad it was. Um, I, I would say that the sequence when that like sphere comes out of the wormhole... And oh, God, and the circuit yeah. of the wormhole, and, and Goldum's like, no, no, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't shoot it. We have uh, yeah. to figure out what it is. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, ah, fuck it, shoot the thing down. And the president's like, let's do this. So she yeah, says some She has like so that. many of those lines. That's just like execute. Yeah. Let's go. Like she, yeah, she, she had one of the lines that was like, let's do this. Yeah, or something about like blowing up a spaceship. <laughs> um, and like they shoot it, and the thing goes down, and like you're basically like my fist bump moment was like. 
you're all gonna die because <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way that that you're shit, so stupid because you're all so dumb because you clearly learned nothing from the past yeah don't listen to him either he's the one that saved the world don't listen to him who saved the world who you're clearly going to to try to, to help get to save, save the yeah. world and the thing he tells you to do which is don't shoot this sphere down no we're gonna shoot it we're gonna shoot it and then how about the fact that the sphere goes down and there's a parade going on and nobody on like d- nobody on uh, the moon is doing a reconnaissance mission to get the thing that they shot down I'm except to remember <laughs> except for Goldblum oh right and Hemsworth they're like yeah. they're, they're like, like yeah just leave it leave it in the crater it's <laughs> dead yeah just leave it in the crater. We shot it down totally good. We won, aliens. Yeah, we beat him. Let's have a parade real quick. Robert Loja. Robert Loja. Um, okay. Rest in peace, Robert Loja. Um, so, yeah, that's good. That was my fist bump. I understand that. Because yeah. that does happen. You're like, yep, you're dead. Yeah, you're, you're all going to die. Yeah, and I'm going to enjoy it. Were you surprised at all when the president and all of her advisors get killed in the bunker? Nope. Really? I would a little bit of like, they can't be dead. They'll come back. Oh, no 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 i i thought maybe she might live somehow that's what i was thinking yeah yeah Yeah. i guess yeah the whole thing was very bizarre yeah i mean there was so much in this movie that just it just didn't make sense like i felt like i was high watching it you know what i mean so susan sarandon was in in discussions to play the character that Stella ward actually played and susan sarandon said on record you know i got the script i considered it it just wasn't particularly good. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't understand what was going on. I'm paraphrasing here, definitely, because this is something I read this morning. But essentially, she was just like, "I didn't understand what was going on at all. I didn't get it. I didn't think it was particularly good. I just. I chose not to do it. Like, yeah. I didn't. I was watching it. And I didn't understand what the hell was going on. From. The, all right. We we're, we'll have plenty of time to discuss. Yes. Let's continue moving. Um, do we it, have anybody left in the live chat? Uh, everyone's still here. I mean, I think. I mean, honestly, man, I think a lot of people. Are, feel the same that we do they share the same sentiments as we do about this film and i don't think there's really any way not to did you just call this a film (laughs) we are a film um we uh we're gonna get into star profiles here but it's interesting because someone said are the hemsworth brothers movie stars Mm. and it's tough because i do believe chris hemsworth is a movie star um i don't know if i think he's a good actor or not but Mm. i haven't seen the movies that he is celebrated for in his acting, which is uh, In the Heart of Sea and Rush. Rush. Um, I've just seen him be Thor, and he's good at being Thor, but I don't think he's a particularly good actor. Now, you know how I feel about Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to say, right? We've, we've, we, because we cover like mo- mostly blockbusters and big movies on this show, mm-hmm. uh, but we also cover a lot of movies from a different era. We've had the discussion a lot of like, are there movie stars anymore? And, and are they the same as they used to be? And the answer is definitely no. They're, yeah, they, it's not the same. There are still movie stars, but they aren't the same. So a uh, great example of a guy that we just recently discussed was Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Um, you know, Gosling, I think we... He's like mid thirties, thirty six, maybe something. Around yeah, there. he's like yeah, right around there. And he's been doing pretty solid work now since like two thousand four, two thousand five. That's like he, you know, he's done stuff earlier than that, but like really the last 10, 11 years is like what he's had his moment. Mm-hmm. Oscar nominations, big budget movies. He's starred in Drive, you know, Crazy Stupid Love. Like the guy, he is as close to a list for like a younger actor who's like kind of at a younger point in his career than I think you can get. Like I, yeah, you know, he's. Because he has the track record. We love Tom he's got the Hardy. Track, yeah, exactly. But he, he's, he's got the track record and he's got this range that these other actors haven't touched on yet. Yeah, I think Hardy is... is like they're, they're close. Both, they're, they're sort of like both like A, A minus. Yeah. You know, both of them. Like they're, they're as close as you're getting right now. Unless you're like DiCaprio, who, again, DiCaprio's been around doing work since 97. He was in Titanic as a kid. Mm-hmm. Or the, earlier in 97. But obviously Titanic is 97. Right, that was that's, his, that's the moment. Yeah. And then he's got the Oscar. So... You know, he's kind of still part of another generation. So you look at a guy like Liam Hemsworth and Chris Hemsworth, you know, I guess Chris Hemsworth, what was the first Avengers movie? Like seven years ago, six years ago? Something like that. Five, five, six. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of the breakout for him. He's made two Thor movies, the third one coming mm-hmm. out, right? He's been in the other films. We mentioned Russian in the Heart of the Sea. I mean, he's a movie star, but right. you're not going to make, I don't think that you make a movie like... I don't want to say the nice guys that didn't make any money, but I don't think you launch a franchise like an action franchise, like The Accountant or something like that. Right, and it's and it's starring Chris Hemsworth or Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. Chris is more famous, absolutely. Admittedly, he's done better work and more work. Yeah, Liam is like you know 
Okay, well, it's going to start yeah, profile. So, so you look at what Liam Hemsworth's done, and his last three credits are two of the Hunger Games Mockingjay movies, part one and two, which were in 14 and 15, respectively. Yeah. And then in between those two, he has a movie called The Dressmaker, which is a 2015 indie movie. Hmm. And everything else he does is just kind of TV things. Like he's on TV here and there. He pops up on a show. He was in indie that movie movies. with Harrison Ford and Gary Oldman, that like espionage movie right? yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called. And, uh, and you know, you see him pop up in things. I mean, Liam Hemsworth, like, his his name is attached to some bigger stuff. I think... Um, he's a really nice guy. We've, we've both met him a couple times, right? Yeah. He comes Liam? In, yeah, he comes in the library all the time. Oh, I've never met him. Oh, really? Yeah, Liam. No. Yeah, he's a nice guy. It's I met, just... I met Chris, but I've never okay. met him. Yeah. It's just... I, I just... I don't get it. I can't buy in... Like, I, you don't have any of the things yeah. that I look for in a leading man, other than that you're good looking. Because yeah. he's good looking. I'll give him that. And they're Australian, remember. They're Australian. Being Australian and handsome is basically all you need. Yeah. It's a big big deal in Hollywood. But other than that, I basically feel like he is just good at speaking on camera. (laughs) Hard to know, hard to say. Um, Like, you also got to remember, I think there's an age difference, so I don't know how old Liam Hemsworth is, Mm -hmm. um, but I will say... I will say that, like, there's when you're when you're young and you're a heartthrob, which is kind of the phase he's in right now. The Martin right. J movies, like the whole that whole franchise, that's like very much proof of that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's huge. When you're in that phase, like, you don't really get the opportunity. So, like, you look at some guys who transition out of that sort of phase. DiCaprio is a great example of a guy mm-hmm. where he was doing dramatic work as a kid, but like, really, he exploded into the kind of movie star that we know him to be now much later in his career. Right. Um, you know, whereas you look at say a guy like uh, Kellen Lutz. Uh, who was, you know, kind of a smaller part in the Twilight franchise. And he had been a guy who was on TV, and he had been a guy that people thought was going to have kind of a bigger role in Hollywood. I mean, he had fucking action figures made of the guy. Right. Multimillionaire. He's not doing anything. He yeah. was in that Hercules movie that Summit made, and it didn't do anything. So, <laughs> no, like, did not. some of those guys have the ability to transition out of that. Other guys really just don't. I mean, Pattinson, what happened to him? Right. I don't think he has... I, I do not think he has... The ability to train. I mean, I think his greatest draw is that he's related to Chris Hemsworth, and yeah. that Chris Hemsworth is going to stay relevant. Yeah, I didn't I, like when I watched Liam tonight. He didn't <clears throat> ruin scenes for me. Like by he didn't ruin scenes by being bad. Right. He just didn't like. He brings nothing. I actually thought that the guy, the other dude, uh, Will Smith, Will Smith's son, was the was worse. he was horrible. Yeah, atrocious. He was. He and so he, was Bill Pullman's daughter. Oh, you thought she was terrible? <clears throat> she was. She was to me. She was. She was like serviceable. Right. You know that they recast her, right? Did you hear about this? Who was the original? So Mae Whitman is the girl. She's the actual daughter in the first movie. Oh, okay. And when they were making Resurgence, they recast Mae Whitman to yeah. this to this girl. Uh, and there was no explanation as to why. Anna Kendrick spoke up on Twitter and was like, why are they recasting this role? I don't understand. Everybody else gets to come back. Right. The speculation was that she wasn't, that May, that May Whitman was not like movie star pretty enough. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like this, and it sort of has not been addressed by anybody. Uh, she stayed silent about it, but that's just another one of those things where you're just like, why? Right. Exactly. It's, it's just like, all right, like you just need to, pretty cute blonde girl like yeah. could be this girl in the movie great makes me feel stupid for paying money to watch it yep um <clears throat> so sorry go ahead yeah, yeah so as far as liam goes I'm, I'm not ruling the guy out i think i'm a little less down on him than you are i i don't give him that much credit um obviously when you get the majority of his success is being put in that franchise yes that's a huge franchise the weird thing about that franchise though is when i started thinking about that like i don't think those movies are remarkable and I think some of them are better than others. Yeah. But those are pretty good movies. <clears throat> yeah, the first two were, were pretty good. Compared to this, those oh, movies are rem- yeah. amazing. Like, yes. Like, because like, I... I would watch any any Hunger Games movie over this movie. Because there's those things. There's the, there's this moment where, like, you and I talk about this off camera a lot. We don't talk about it on here as much. But, like, yeah, we love action movies. Don't get yeah. me wrong. They're amazing. They're, it's not like action movies are the only kind of movies we like. No. <laughs> I mean, we very much enjoy darker, dramatic movies. We enjoy slower movies. Mm-hmm. We like by all for all intents and purposes, action movies are usually worse than the other movies that are coming out because they're big budget movies that are supposed to make a lot of money. Yeah, usually. So it's not that surprising that Independence Day Resurgence is a crappy movie. Like 
it isn't. Like, it no. sh- shouldn't be. It's never surprising. It's not like London has fallen was like, God's gift to this earth. No, but it was so much more self-aware. It was so much more fun to watch. Yeah. So when you think about big budget movies like that, like the right. Hunger Games franchise. And, and, and Gerard Butler in that movie is a movie star. Totally is. Yeah. He's like A+. I'm fucking thirsty. <laughs> I'm thirsty as fuck. Yeah, thirsty as fuck. Can we just just fucking audible into that movie right now? <laughs> yeah, let's go back to why that was London, so sweet. Let's do London again? I can't wait to watch that movie again. London's been yeah. Yeah, I think Olympus was still better. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, 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 definitely. Olympus is sweet. I like that you hadn't seen Olympus when we did it on the show. That I know. Was, that I was, was good, so sold on it. That was, was a good so moment. Great. So uh, anyway, that's Liam Hemsworth. We remains to be seen with that guy. Uh, hopefully, I mean, we wish him success. Obviously, he yeah, seems, of course. And and. I've seen his good moments in those Hunger Games movies. Give me faith that, like, given the right role, he can show us that he's a good actor. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And, and it, yeah, I don't mean to be too hard on the guy. He just he hasn't shown me yet. Uh, let's get into Jeff Goldblum here, which his career is much different. Obviously, he's what? who's the company that he does the commercials for right now? Oh, uh, is it an insurance? No, no, it's like it's, a card. It's like Capital One, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it also Apartments.com? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goldblum's the best. He's the best. So I he's, fucking he, love Jeff Goldblum. He's been on a lot of episodes of Portlandia, but if you go and you look at his movies, it, it, it kind of makes sense for, for the guy. So he was in Mordecai with Johnny Depp in 2015. Which is, was on most lists as one of the Razzies. Yeah. One of the worst movies. One of the worst. Uh, he did the Grand Budapest Hotel in Very 2014. Yeah. And, uh, and then he was in Le Weekend. I think it's pronounced Le Weekend. Le Weekend. Le Weekend. <laughs> Um, Jeff Goldblum is just a master. He's, he's so awesome. Yeah, he's just he's incredibly self aware. He's yeah. been working forever. Yeah. He's in he's been in like all these sci fi franchises, like Jurassic Park franchise. Yep. He was in the Independence Day franchise. He was in the Fly franchise. So great. Like his roles in in the uh, the Wes Anderson movies that he's in are always fantastic. He's, always, he's just he's so. He loves to make fun of himself while taking himself so seriously. Yeah, totally. He's great. He's far and away the best part of the first Independence Day. When oh, we, definitely. When we rewatched the movie, like, and for the record, I just want everybody to know, that movie is like a perfect 10 if we're comparing it to this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would watch the first Independence Day any day of the week compared to this movie. Yeah, Guilty Movie Pleasures is covering it today at 6 and on I their show. highly recommend it because yeah. it'll remind you of why this franchise did get remade, which is that it has a lot of memorable moments. Yes. Um, but uh, he's but far and away the best part of the first movie. Like, super entertaining. Yeah. Uh, total total movie star. So that's probably enough about Jeff Goldblum. Uh, we, we have covered a lot of the people involved in this movie. It's funny. When you read the production notes for uh, the first Independence Day, mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion about Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, who are the uh, co-producers, co-writers on this movie. And uh, they had made Stargate. So Stargate, right. right, when they made Independence Day, they were in a press conference for Stargate, and they basically, like, in a conversation, I think on mic, we're like, "Yeah, oh yeah, we should do a movie about uh, this." And they're like, "Oh, that's kind of a good idea." And then they like wrote Independence Day in like a month, yep. and, then, and then they made the movie. Um, hilariously enough, like they're still trying to make a Stargate sequel. Like yeah, all the press, they're still that, trying. <laughs> all the press that I read about like this movie and Resurgence, there was a, a remarkable amount of stuff about them just talking about Stargate. Of course, because they just <laughs> want people to get on board while they're relevant. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, <laughs> and there's still always those Stargate, like, fans are like, oh, yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, people love Stargate. <laughs> they sure um, do. Yeah, now, the, the th- things about Roland Emmerich to point out that are actually interesting. I mean, he's made um, $3 billion worldwide on his films, so like we talked about earlier, this guy makes money. He's a German film director, screenwriter, and producer. Um, he's an active member of the LGBTQ community. Which yeah, I, he's, he's openly gay. Yeah, equal rights and, and global warming activists. But, okay, can I just talk about that for a second? Because this is something that blows my fucking mind so all right 1994 or 96 Six. Make, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you're making the first independence day there are no gay characters in the first independence day. okay yeah I, I was wondering where you're gonna go with this so it, i don't think there were if, if there were gay characters in the first independence day and we didn't know it which is, seems to be the case which is brent spiner right dr okun yes uh, he apparently was gay and we didn't know understandable 20 years ago in media was a different time and, and i want to know audience is that what you guys got too when his partner scientist died because that's what i got that's that's who i was watching the movie with guy and that's what you got it's true I, I guess we are assuming a lot that i think for me the like the like extremely effeminate actions taking care of him holding hands calling each other baby and yeah. like this was supposed to be a sweater i mean i guess they could be really close friends that just had a very affectionate relationship no they have to be and and and, and so if they are why not own it? Because clearly what you're trying to do is you're trying to 
spark up an issue that people are going to talk about what we're doing right now so that people are talking about your movie so they go see your movie so that they can figure out for themselves what it really was didn't you feel like that didn't you feel like the humor though was was like gay comic relief humor it takes away from it like it wasn't even taking the relationship seriously it was a kind of offensive to me it was if like will smith's son's wife mom whatever so if the kid watches his mom die in yeah. front of him and they've spent 20 seconds and a minute scene between him and Liam Hemsworth to make him get over it. And, you know, Bill Pullman dies. All these people are dying. And you're going to spend... And these are people that you've seen in another movie. These are people that... These are characters you you care about and you know. Yeah. And so they're going to bring in this new guy that you... Even if... I don't think he was in the first movie. And if he was, you don't remember him. The other guy, yeah, I don't yeah. remember him. And you're going to make his death the most heartfelt moment of the movie. And then you're going to try to pawn it off as is a homosexual relationship, but then like kind of try to like take a jab at it. It made no, it, it, it was actively uncomfortable to watch because I felt like I was being manipulated to feel a certain way. And at the same time felt like it was a Michael Bay moment of, po- right. of like poking fun at a stereotype. The whole thing was just like, I don't get this. The fact that Roland Emmerich is an active member of the LGBTQ community is even more surprising. How could that happen in his movie? Like why would he why would he want that relationship to be that way? Like right. that was the comic relief. What? Yeah. It's like the when the when the when the character of the barber and the rock who's like very 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 clearly a gay stereotype. <clears throat> that's from 96 and it's a Michael Bay movie. That's what I felt like I was watching. Right. Right? In their dialogue. Yeah, except for it's just aged 20 years, so it has to be a little bit more subtle. <laughs> All right, let's get to producers. <clears throat> people that brought you Stargate, you see? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Usually we have like a few paragraphs. We have a sentence that says the people that brought you Stargate. <laughs> no, I, we, we, uh, we've done enough research on these guys. Basically, what we can gather from this is that uh, the, the team that worked on this movie is a team that works on a lot of these big budget movies together. Yeah, uh, it's uh, from his production company, right? Yeah, Emmerich's. Yeah. And they've stayed a pretty pretty tight team this whole time. So, um I don't think we need to cover too much more about that. I mean, some of the questions you guys probably have are some of the same ones we have as far as production development goes. There's a couple of conflicting reports as to why Will Smith wasn't in this movie. Um, the biggest of which is that he asked for $50 million over two sequels, and they didn't want to give him $50 million over two sequels. Um, that's one report. The other report is that Smith said in an interview he had scheduled several movies during the time they proposed the film to him, that he was working on Concussion and Suicide Squad. He was going to have to decide if it was going to be Suicide Squad or Independence Day. Mm. Um, that, you know, the world was... I think his quote was like, the world is just so fixated on nostalgia and the set pictures look so great, but no, I just, I, I'm going to do Suicide Squad. So I'm not sure which is true. Um, that, you know, it's all been written about. I think this is, this should be a lesson learned. I, I saw that on record, Emmerich and Devlin were talking and saying that they thought that uh, Smith being in the movie would be too distracting as far as like a marquee name. Right. Um, that you know that you get a lot of the old characters mixed with a lot of new characters they wanted to create something new because apparently there was a notion that um they were trying to create essentially like their own star wars franchise here that's what they really wanted was to sort of pump they want to pump out movies because they the studio that did this film uh lost fox lost uh star wars to disney right? right yes and so they were trying to replace it and uh i mean i get that it's just like i i think this is just not the the franchise you should have banked on yeah it's like don't outsmart yourself it's like if you if you really go to the think about the guy who's sitting behind the table in in the building that's the executive writing the checks and and the guy who who's like okay here's a good example so uh, i'm a big motley crew fan Mm -hmm. huge motley crew fan and uh i've read their biography a couple times and there's a great part of the story when the lead singer vince neal leaves the band it's like 1991 or 92 and they'd had like 10 years of huge success platinum albums and they they hire this guy from a grunge band called The Scream. Anyway, long story short, they put out an album with him as the singer. The album flops, and they go into their record label. And the guy sitting there, who's like the head of the record label, he's like, all right, what do we do? Get rid of this guy. He's not a star. Bring back the guy that's a star. It's that simple. All right, get out of here. So they bring back Vince Neil, right? Right. Now, the band didn't necessarily succeed, but that line of thinking is usually the correct line of thinking. Right. So... Will Smith's a fucking movie star. He's and he just huge and he just made star. a movie that had Academy draw. Yep. You know? Yep. Bring him back. Yeah, if he wants 50 million, give him 50 million. Yeah. If he needs if he wants 50 million and he can't make it right now cuz he's making Suicide Squad, then wait. Right. 
You guys didn't even release it on July 4th. You released it a week early. You guys can release it. You can it. wait. You can wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, man. And and I and this is what I was trying to say in the very top of the show was that I was so happy that Will Smith wasn't in this movie. After watching it, I really think he would have made it better. 100%. It would have been so much better. And because it wouldn't have, he would have been the way he was in 96. Yeah. But with the knowledge of who he was in '96, so it would he would have been like playing himself, but kind of poking fun of it, being totally. older, and it would have been for people like you and me, it would have been like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I missed, and, the, and then him and Goldblum going off of each other, like it would have been so cool, and then bring the kids in, who cares? Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith then can talk shit to the kids the whole movie, and, and that would have been amazing, and they can set it up for the third movie, yes, but like you can't make the sequel without him. Also, the fact and that then they, kill Will Smith, then yeah, they reference they reference Will Smith for a second. Your father would be proud of you. Did they ever reference how he died? No, I don't think so. Right? It's not even a thing that happens. And if they I, they might have, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, all right. So that's enough of production development. Let's get into the numbers here, uh, which we've been talking about. These are numbers as of last night. By the way, I didn't check today. So this is. Studio was Fox. This movie cost $165 million to make, plus its $35 million um, PR budget, if you will. Uh, And it opened June 24th, 2016, dot, 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 WTF, I wrote on here. Again, (laughs) why? Just wait two weeks. Uh, Domestically, it's grossed 44. Worldwide, it's grossed 99 for a total of $144 million. This movie is going to make its money back. That's not a question. Is it going to make enough money to replace the Star Wars franchise at Fox? Absolutely not. No, and I think I think that uh, the you know the one sixty five plus all the, the marketing. I think that um, this movie is going to fall off pretty hard in second weekend. Absolutely, dude. I mean, maybe maybe just maybe they thought we'll release this early, so Fourth of July weekend it'll get a spike. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But so you're going to release it the same weekend as Finding Dory? Yeah. Are you right? What are you? What are you kidding me? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I think that maybe so we'll see how much money it makes next weekend. It's very possible people like we're like, oh yeah, some will see it the opening weekend, and a lot of people will see it next weekend, right? Right, and and maybe we're the maybe we're the fools here, and that was their plan all along, and it's going to make a lot of money because and that's people, why they're there, we're there, we're there, and we're here. Yeah, maybe uh, that's the case. But. My question for you is: is if we did not have this show and you did see a movie last weekend or the the weekend that this came out, and you had to choose between Finding Dory, yeah. and Independence Day. Which one I've seen? Which one would you have chosen? Finding Dory, for sure. Yeah, same. Yeah, a sequel that like is demanded with like great people yeah. behind the studio. I totally trust that doesn't yeah. feel like it's, <laughs> but doesn't feel in any way like I'm like being used. Like this just feels like I'm being used, right? Hard. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Finding Dory made thirty one million dollars more opening weekend. Yeah. Uh, critically, this movie has a five point seven on IMDb. And it follows our algorithm on Rotten Tomatoes, which is it's got a 33% by all critics, 19% by top critics, solid, and a 39 by audience, which is the highest number. It's very good. Yeah. Um, we chose to pull no reviews because we feel we reviewed the movie well for you guys through this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Welcome to Earth. Okay. I was like, I don't know what's happening. We Sorry, getting robbed? It took a lot longer to get to the line than I thought. We're getting robbed. We're getting <laughs> the engineering booth is getting robbed right now. Uh, welcome to Earth. Um, so, uh, so we. God, what's your favorite line? None. No, no right? There's like there's actually one line that I thought was funny. Um, I wish I had written it down, but when it happened, I was like, I should write that. And I was like, Nah, that's not notable enough. There'll be something better. Right, and there never was. Mm-hmm. So, was it uh, Fincher's line? No, it's like when like Goldblum like walks into. He like walks into the like the like, little like area that the warlord has set up. Mm-hmm. He sees like the elephant tusk. And he's like, "Oh, did you kill the elephant yourself or something like that?" <laughs> he like says some line like that. There's like a throwaway line, <laughs> right? That I was like, "Ah, it's Goldblum. It's Goldblum. It's That's just my being man. a weirdo. That's my man." Yeah, um, I like that line, and I also thought that the line at the end with the warlord, when he's talking to that like pencil pusher guy, oh, God. it was like, a relationship that was just irrelevant. It was like where he was like. You have the heart of a warrior, or something. I was like, you. Neither of you should be in this movie. (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly my sentiments. Let's go. Let's go through the relationships of the movie that didn't ever need to be on screen. Okay, so those two, those two for sure, definitely, hundred percent. The kids on the school bus and David's dad, yeah, hundred percent, did not need to be there. Never needed to be in the movie. Um, How about the guys? How about the guys on the ocean that were that were monitoring the drill? Oh, they were important. I mean, I guessed because the satellites Tell them we need $100 million. Yeah. They said deal. Cool. Great. 
Sweet, sweet. Let's keep cutting to you for the next hour of the movie to yeah. check in to see that you're close. Just give us the damn scale on the screen. 22% until yeah. the core. 2% until the core. Yeah, your underwater aquatic satellite yeah. shit that you don't Jesus. need to explain to us. I mean, those probably were the least offensive of the three. Yeah. The- but then even the whole history between Hemsworth and, and Will Smith's kid. Yeah. They didn't even need, they could have just not known each other and been indifferent because they're both two young hotshots. Completely. It would have been way better that way. Oh, Instead of like them continuing to talk about this thing, I should have almost killed him. And then it's just like him watching on his phone the video of him almost killing him. Yep. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> what? You have that on your phone? Of course he does. <laughs> he watches it all the time. Get on Snapchat, man. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> there was also just like a lot of sequences that were like, I noticed this more and more and more now, but like basically just like just blind exposition because like they didn't want to have to explain things where, where she's right. like, What'd she say? She's like, he's he's like, oh, I'm going to see such and such dude. I'm going to see Hiller. She's like, remember, you almost killed him. You know, <laughs> you almost killed him. Remember? And it's like, yes, of course he remembers. Do you really need to say it out loud? Let me guess. He's standing behind me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ugh. ugh. It's all the worst. I think my favorite line, there was, I actually legitimately laughed at one point. Okay. And that was when they're like taking off or whatever with Goldblum. Yeah. <clears throat> and they hit the fusion drive. And then they get there or whatever, and then he's like, did you just pee in your suit a little bit? And he's like, uh, uh, yeah. And he's like, me too. I actually thought that was funny. That was a funny line. Because Goldblum yeah. was funny in it. Yeah. The other one, though, was is because it's classic action movie line. It was yeah. when Fincher, he just calls his wife out of nowhere. Yeah. Pack your stuff and go to your sister's. Don't tell anybody. That was the line. I was just like, yep, here yep, we go. Of course. Needed to be in there somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, those are my... T- get in a car, drive on the open road with a bunch of people that will probably crash into you, <laughs> and an F- probably everybody's going to die anyway. So. Yeah, because a plane that's landing the size <laughs> of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. A spaceship. Um, this movie... Uh, so it's funny because someone actually said <clears throat> in the comments this movie has to be last place on both their lists. Well, we did, we didn't pull the lists. Of course not. Um, I believe the worst movie on your list is Top Gun. Oh, is it behind the Taking? It's of Taking and then Top Gun and then when we this. do our re-rank next time, I know you're going to move Taking up. I know you're going I to because I know you've watched it a few <laughs> times <laughs> since. <laughs> I I definitely will not have. I don't think I'll ever have a worse movie than this on our list. I, I'm pretty certain, off of memory, that the bottom movies for me are like, it's like Furious 7, Demolition Man, Rambo 2. Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat's on there somewhere. Mortal Kombat might be the worst movie on the list. <laughs> um, this is the worst movie we've ever done. The worst. Yeah. There's no question for me this is last place. And there's no question that none of the characters rank. Oh, no way. Yeah. Not even close. Brent Spiner might. Yeah. Brent <laughs> Spiner. Uh, okay. So... Do you want to you want to get to the next segment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this so, is a good one. So this is so we uh, we decided that uh, once again recast and all that like recast. If you guys haven't noticed, it's just a thing we've been getting a little tired with. Yeah, it, it'll be relevant with some movies for sure. There are movies like okay, a great example. of This was The Edge. The Edge is a sw- is a fun one because yeah. you have like. I think my suggested recast was, like, Tom Wilkinson and, like, Colin Farrell or something. That's great. Yeah, but it was, like, that's fun because it's, like, an old enough movie and the concept is original. You're not dealing with a bunch of, like, franchise things. Yeah. This is weird, obviously, trying to go back in time. Most of these characters are from the original movie. So. Right, and it's, like, we go, we jump 20 years. It's been 20 years. So we're going to do something completely different today. Uh, we've been doing these lists lately, and I actually really like this idea. Yeah, I think this is fun. So uh, this is one of those this is one of those movies that comes out where everybody's like, "Oh, they're finally making the sequel," and it's difficult to stomach uh, as a movie fan when they do this because like, there's like, there's a certain part of being a movie fan that is like seeing people on screen look and sound the way you remember them to look and sound, and you mm-hmm. become very attached to that. So um, it's hard sometimes to watch like Pullman's voice had changed. He was like. He kind of didn't yeah. sound the same. He, it's he nothing, got kind of weasley sounding or wasn't squeaky. Anything against him, and and like he was supposed to be kind of crazy and like a little fragile, but even so, like he just he just didn't seem awesome anymore. No, um, or like um, you know, Vivica A. Fox in the first movie was like a sex icon. She was like smoking hot, like yeah, and sassy, and, and sassy. Like it's it's no fault of Vivica A. Fox that this movie happened twenty years later, but like. That just sort of thing just happens. So when when you do yeah. take ten to twenty years to make a sequel, um, it it just happens that like things will change, things will have to be adjusted, and often putting the the star in the movie again is going to fall flat a little bit. It's so, very tough to do it. Yeah. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Drew and I have each come up with a top five. His is top five sequels made ten years or later that are good, 
-hmm. and mine are top five sequels made 10 years later that are bad. And we decided not to rank them uh, because there's a ton in both categories. We're just both going to present five notable Five notable sequels 10 years later after the original uh, in our categories. Yeah, and, and I posted this on Twitter earlier today, and, and I think you guys are a little confused. But yeah, this is there's got to be 10 years in between. You can't just do Lord of the Rings 1, 2, and 3 because, yeah, you know. And it can't be like, uh, well, anyway, let's, let's get into yeah. it. So uh, <clears throat> I will throw in the, an obvious one, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skulls. Or Temple. I think it's just in the Legend of the Crystal Skull. Donica? Crystal Skulls? Checking on it. Yeah, that's how bad it is. The it's shitty an Crystal Indiana Skulls Jones movie, movie, movie and the three of us can't name it, and we work in movies. Yeah, the last like the last one before this was Cru- Last Crusade, and it's that to be Legend. Is it Legend yeah. of the Crystal Skulls I or hope something? So yeah, it's Kingdom of damn Kingdom it. of the I Crystal Skulls. <laughs> Close. And Close. there's a fifth movie being made for the record, which I bet will be better. It's got to be. Maybe I it's don't know. Shia could have been so sweet in that. It anyway. could have been. Yeah. Uh, so my. I have an honorable mention, but I'll just skip it because uh, – so I'm going to go ahead and say Tron Legacy. Oh, that movie's sweet. It was so good and Bridges was back and <clears throat> it was just awesome. I just loved it. It soundtrack was super cool was, world. Uh, the soundtrack's the best part of the movie. Oh, it was amazing yeah, by yeah. Daft Punk. Yeah, Dude, so. I saw that movie in 3D in an empty theater. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, that movie's yeah. really good. It's like I, I don't think that movie is like a classic. Like it's not the kind of movie where I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to watch it again. But it was like right. – I've listened to that soundtrack like a thousand times. Um, I like Garrett Hetland a lot. Yeah. I think he's... I like Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, That movie was well done. Like, Bridges had aged, but Bridges hadn't aged in a way that I found him to be, like, offensive or annoying. Right. And to see young, like, the computerized young Bridges was also really cool. It was cool. That movie was just... That movie was just cool. Yeah. Um, All right. I will go next with uh, Godfather Part 3. Oh. Made 16 years after the previous movie. Um, This movie, the piece of trivia that most people know about this is the same one I'm going to reference here. But uh, originally, it was supposed to be Winona Ryder playing the Sofia Coppola role. And she Hmm. got sick or something like that and couldn't film. So Sofia Coppola filled in. And she turns in arguably one of the worst acting performances of all time. Um, Especially in that franchise. When one and two are revered as two of the greatest, if not the greatest movies ever made. I mean, it's invariably the greatest sequel ever made. Um, Like, I don't think there's even a discussion that there's a better sequel than that movie. So to follow that up... Uh, 16 years later with a movie as bad as this. Um, Andy Garcia is fine, but like that movie is just really, really, really bad. And yeah. it's, uh, you'll see like the Godfather trilogy <laughs> will play on like AMC sometimes or one of these. And you're like, oh, the Godfather trilogy is on. And yeah, you're like, watching one and you're like, and you look at your buddy and you're like, this we should movie just do is, the whole thing. This movie is really special. And then yeah. the second one's like, oh, God, I, I forgot that I like this How movie. How is even. this better than the first one? And then you're watching the third one and you're kind of looking around and you're like, is this I, I shouldn't say this is bad because I'm wrong. I'm in the minority. It's the trilogy. It's the Godfather right. trilogy. Yeah, he must think it's good. And like nobody no thinks that movie is good. Mafia is better. Yeah. The I, like the, I like the movie the Mafia. Movie's sweet. Yeah. Isn't Jay Moore in that <laughs> yeah, movie? Yeah, Jay Moore and Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, so I think my next one is going to be Mission Impossible 3. Okay. So defend yourself here because it's a little bit of a weird one. Obviously, yeah. there, was a, there was a movie in between. There was Mission Impossible 2 in between, which was the perfect Mission Impossible to come out in the mid-90s with Wu, but it wasn't a good movie. And then 4 and 5 are so different from the feel of 1 because 1 doesn't feel like a straight-up action movie. It feels more like an action adventure drama. It's like kind of a thriller. Yeah, a thriller. A thriller yeah, thriller. Yeah. And um, and it's just kind of grittier and edgier, and it's not so flashy like 2, 4, and 5 are. And 3 is just like a real good action thriller. It's, it's still in the same world as the first one, but it feels so different than any of the other films yeah. in, in, in the franchise. And, and it was also when Tom Cruise's star was falling. Yeah. So it's just a very interesting time that it came out and an interesting movie in the franchise because it's it's widely regarded as the worst or not the worst but the least liked yeah. because it feels so dark. Yeah, it's our, and it's it's in, and it's my favorite. Yeah, me too. 100%. Yeah. That movie's fucking sweet. Um all right, I will go with uh it's a weird one. Um The Two Jakes. So this is the sequel to Chinatown. Most people forget right. even ever happened. Right, right, right. Uh Chinatown is like 1970 76 or something or okay. 79 uh, and I think this is like 1990 or 1991 um, it's just bad it's just trying to it's trying to like 
recapture the magic that is like maybe the greatest like modern modern I also, right. i'll use that quote it's the <laughs> 70s but like updated noir film ever um chinatown is like by most standards like one of the classic oh, five it's, or one ten of, it's scripts so great ever it's like just an incredible movie it's just well paced well acted and the two jakes is just it's just not good no it's it's, it's, it's a laughable movie it's one of those I've never even heard of it I watched the two Jakes once because I was like, "Oh, I should do my movie history." This is a sequel to Chinatown, and Jack Nicholson's in it. This is must be good. Wow, it's yeah. crazy. Even all the greats—they've got some bad ones in there. It's some turds. Uh, my next one is going to be Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, that movie's so sweet, so good. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, Franco's awesome in it. Lithgow's great in it. Uh, Andy Serkis doing what he does best. Yeah, and who's the chick in that movie? Is that Mila Kunis, or is it? Oh. Uh, Mila Kunis or is it uh, what's her name? Um, Carrie I Russell. I can't I remember. I think it's Mila Kunis. I think it's Mila Kunis. No, no, no. It's not. Who is it, Mark? Can you look that up for us, please? I yep. can't remember. Um, oh no, it's it's the girl from uh, from Slumdog, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. No, it's Pretty definitely pop. Mila Kunis. Uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> I got money on it. <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, Frida. Fr- yeah, no, Frida Pinto in the first Pinto, one. Pinto. Yeah. It's definitely Frida Pinto. It, it is Frida Pinto. That's right. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was Mila Kunis. I know why. I knew. It was Ted, probably. Was <laughs> Ted, yes. <laughs> uh, it was just cool, and I like I liked Planet of the Apes. I think it's such a cool idea, and the original was so famous, and then the ones that came out, or the one that came out with Mark Wahlberg and Tim Roth was just not good. Yeah, Tim Burton. Uh, as, as the Tim Burton star was just continuing just, to fall. Oh, it's just so dead now. But yeah, so that's my next one, is Rise of Planet of the Apes. It was so cool, and Franco was great. One of my favorites. Um, my next one will be Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Oh, God. When Schwarzenegger's body was still, like, it still was, like, jacked enough that he could get away with doing it. Like, yeah. he was probably in his mid-40s at that point. Mid to late 40s, I would think. Really? I thought he was older than that. Maybe he was late 40s. Maybe he was over, over 50. But, I mean, I think this is, like, 2003 would be my guess. 2004, maybe. Um, whereas, like, Terminator 2. Carrie Russell's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, That's why. It. Yeah. Um, 91, I think had been, yeah, 2003. So okay. it had, it had been, it had been over 10 years. And I want to say that when Schwarzenegger made the second movie, he was already like 37 or something or 38, maybe. Oh, such um, a stud. Uh, that movie is unbearably bad. The, the Terminator 3? It's just, it's, so it the, can't believe it it's happened. With the chick Terminator and Nick Stoll. Stahl? He was yeah. 56. When yeah. he made T3? Yeah. He was born July 30th, 1947. I thought he was a lot older. He looks damn good in that movie yeah. for 56. Yeah. That was right before his he became governor, I think. I think it was one of the last movies that he made. The infamous deflation. Uh, deflation? What are you talking about? Of yeah. his body. Of his body, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just... just yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think you really need to say much more, and I think this is good because our next two, or my next one, might lead into your next one, which is Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, and so let's just look at opposing ideas, because yeah. Star Wars Episode One, which is widely regarded as the worst long-after-anticipation sequel ever. Yes. And now, <laughs> now, Clone Wars is the worst of the of those original, I mean, the one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the Phantom Menace is probably the best of those three movies. Of the three, I mean, the end. I have the higher ground. Yeah, you were my brother. Yeah. Now that's sweet. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith has more good moments. That's than true. That first movie. Um, the, the, you're basically just it's arguing. Just Darth against, Maul is sweeter than. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. That's that's the only things that are good about those movies. Those movies are so they're bad. so bad. And watching st- episode Hayden seven, Christ- yes, and it, it was. It was like you waited so long to watch episode one, you saw it, and luckily for us, we were kids when it came out, so we were a little probably more hopeful. Awesome, yeah. Uh, Whereas people our age, when that came out, were probably just like, "Are you kidding me?" Right. So now we're their age, yeah. And our version came out, yeah. And episode seven, I saw it and I hated it the first time. You didn't like Force Awakens? No, I did not like it. I was not a fan. But when I saw it again about a month later, yeah. I loved it. Huh. I absolutely loved it. I was totally on board, and I think it's because my expectations were so high. Right. I was so excited, and I knew that it was going to be good, but it wasn't for some reason. I don't know what it was. But then I saw it again. I loved it. I'm on board. I'm so excited for the next two. Yeah. I, yes. Yes, Star Wars. Right. <laughs> so you have one more. I have one more. How did we miss one of mine? I did five. Did you do five? Yeah. Uh, I did five. Uh, you're, but yours is our last one to list here is fitting, because... We yeah. did it on the show, and it's still our highest viewed episode we've ever done. Absolutely, which is Mad Max Fury Road. And this is the this is the biggest wild card surprise that's ever happened in this type of category. Um, 
because for so for a whole number of reasons. Yeah. Um, everything behind episode seven made episode seven a sure thing, like a really surefire bet to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything behind Mad Max Fury Road should have been exactly the opposite. This yeah, people a- were very very hesitant to be on board with this movie. I mean, this movie came out almost 30 years after the third movie in the franchise. And it's funny because the second movie in the franchise is considered one of the greatest sequels of all time. Yeah, which I think is a bad movie, but that's just to me personally. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's just very dated. But uh, Fury Road is, I mean, we've said so much about it on the show. Fury Road has some of the great action sequences that will ever happen in a movie. It's all practical effects. The movie's... Mm -hmm. It's just a crazy, crazy frenetic sort of unmatched. I wish Miller would have won one best director. It was just so cool. The yeah. whole thing was so cool, and it was so well done. And I and I, they're going to make more of them, which I can't wait. Yeah. So those are our lists. Those are five, and it's hard. And, and obviously, we have sequels in there that we like. That you know, like Two Towers is probably my favorite movie sequel of all time. I think Dark Knight is mine. Yeah, and in Dark yeah. Knight's most people's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are our lists, and it's hard to make sequels, um, but it can be done. Yep. It can be done well. Absolutely. Um, there are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous, yeah. totally legitimate, ridiculously legitimate. This movie is totally ridiculous. This is totally ridiculous without even, there's not even a beginning of a conversation for any category. Normally we would like to find a category. This movie is absurd. It's yes. Just, so so uh, we're on to the last thing in the show, which is called The Pitch. It used to be so exciting wow. when we did that every time. I would think we need to get that panther growl yeah. in there afterwards. Because you do it. I usually. do it. And it, I just did it, but it was in a sweet. You manually insert the panther growl. I manually do. <laughs> um, so uh, this is where we pitch our movie for next week. If you guys follow us on Twitter, at AMA Podcast, you can vote on the movie that you want to see next week. Also, uh, we will ask for it once again, as we did earlier when we premiered the tease for the for the new uh, the name game, which is renaming the movie every week. Um, thanks one more time to Stephen Scott for suggesting that. Mm-hmm. If you guys do want to suggest new segments, uh, find us on Twitter, at AMA Podcast. I'm at Ben Baby Media. Uh, you can find me at Andrew Guy and suggest your thoughts for uh, things you'd like to see us do on the show. But the two movies in question that we're pitching, um, I'm going to be pitching Jack Reacher because the trailer was so sweet because the new that one just came out. Was it Never Go Back? Is that what it's called? Uh, it needs to be Never Back Down. I think <laughs> I think it's Jack Reacher. Never Go Back is the name of it. Never and Jack Down. Never <laughs> Jack Reach Around. That was Ben's. I, I stole it. Jack that was Reach yours. Around. Yeah, uh, mine is a little film called The Born Supremacy. So there are obvious reasons for both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be doing, we will absolutely be doing both of these movies in the next six weeks. Yes, um, without without question, because Jack Reacher two comes out in the fall, so we want to do this movie at some point that's not like within a week of it. Um, right. And Supremacy, we're doing, we're going to be doing Jason Bourne in like I don't know a month or something or three right. So weeks. we've got four of our movies laid out for the next like six weeks. So if you guys want to see. We're definitely going to do Jason Bourne like the week after it comes out or the week it comes out. I can't wait. Right. Uh, and and it it opens on like the 25th, I think, mm-hmm. or, or something like that, right around the weekend of Comic-Con. So if you guys want us to wait, we can wait and do Supremacy a little ways down the line so you don't get – because we just did Ultimatum like three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we could do Jack Reacher. We like them both. They will both get done on the show. Jack Reacher is is like I laughed in theaters because I didn't think it was that <laughs> right. sweet. Yeah, I've seen it it's like four grown times on now. You, right, Jack Reacher's pretty sweet. Like, yeah, it's actually surprisingly good, and that's not even just as a cruise enthusiast. Like, no, it is actually pretty awesome, and so is the Equalizer. Yeah, I j- I've been watching that again recently too, and the that da- movie is so sweet. The Denzel movie, yeah, 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 it's awesome. We'll do that movie soon too. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do that when uh, Magnificent Seven comes out. We'll do Fuqua. Yeah, we should, and then Chris Pine is in the movie coming out soon. Star <laughs> We're Trek. We're not doing. We can't burn our. <laughs> we could do Unstoppable. Um, <laughs> so many options. Um, so those are the pitches, guys. Born Supremacy and Jack Reacher. Yeah, we'll put them up on Twitter. You guys can vote. Yeah, I think that pretty much does it. Yeah, I think that's it for us this week. Is there anything else that we need to talk about? Maybe we should so. just apologize quickly for shitting on this yeah, movie. Yeah, again, hour. yeah. Like like Ben said at the top of the show, we love doing this show, and we love 99% of the movies that we cover on this show, and even the ones that we don't, we're able to find glimpses of... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. The, the thing is, is that when we did Jurassic World, we felt pretty let down. When we did this movie, it, it's just like a whole new tier of, of being let, let down. down. Yeah, we. I think we're gonna try to make an effort, unless it's we're just to take a little more time after things come out to let them breathe. Yeah, I think. Um, then again, they're not always gonna be this bad. So right. Um, that does it, guys. Thank you for watching the show. We will see you same time, same place next week. Stick around and watch uh, Guilty Movie Pleasures at six o'clock. Yeah, take care. Thank you. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. 
For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.